Well, welcome to the Citizen ATX podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan Spencer at Austin Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today as we are revamping and bringing back up the podcast series. We've been on a hiatus all summer long, but we're looking forward to hitting the ground running this fall semester. And I have with me right here in the studio, Miss Lauren Ortiz, Director of Communications. Lauren, how are you doing today? Good, good. It's good to be back. I feel like we're back and better than ever. Oh, we are because you're here. We got oh. we got Matt out of here and Uh-oh. you're there instead. So Lauren, we've already upped our game in this new this new school year. No, no doubt about it. I'm looking forward to today's episode. And in all seriousness, Matt's not in today, but we are excited to have Lauren. Lauren's really going to be helping drive the podcast episode today. And we are kicking off a new series that will lead us for several weeks. And Lauren, tell them what we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be covering a, a few different topics, but our, our title is going to be Seeing the Unseen. And what that is going to encompass is today we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and spiritual gifts. Um, these are things that are unseen in our world that we deal with as Christians and um, just kind of give us some insight and some background into navigation, what we know, what we don't know, why this matters, um, how we can use our gifts and uh, what our purpose is for that. That's great. I think I think it's going to be a great series. I know there's a lot of topics there that you hit on, and we'll be covering it for well over a month. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions and a lot of uh, confusion, honestly, on all these topics. Uh, obviously, in this in the spiritual realm in Christianity, we're focusing on the things that we cannot see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. But it can be very difficult to focus on those things when they're not in front of you. So I think that leaves a lot of questions to be answered, and uh, I hope it'll be a helpful series for you, listener. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we can we can start off. These are some of the some of these questions are things that I've contemplated in in my journey with Christ. I've asked, I've been asked um, things that are that are still unanswered. So, I guess we can go ahead and, and start off. You know, uh, start off right out rattle off the gate is spiritual warfare, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. What is it? Why do we call it spiritual warfare? Is this like a Christianese term or like where did this come from and what is it? Well, it sounds real intense. So maybe that's part of it. It catches your attention, warfare. Um, You know, to be honest, I don't know actually the origin of the phrase. I should have researched and done a little bit more due diligence. That's always been the terminology to describe a battle that is going on that we cannot see. In the spiritual realm, uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So the Bible describes that that obviously God is supreme and sovereign over all things. All All things were made through him, for him, and by him, but there's another force, darkness, that comes against the light, and we're told there is a leader, Satan, uh, and we'll get into some of the nuts and bolts of all this stuff over the course of our series, but we're told there's this battle that is happening uh, that really began there in heaven when Satan rebelled against God, and God then punished him, casting him out from his presence, and then Satan came into this world, and Jesus calls him actually the king, the ruler of this world, uh, and he has uh, power over uh, where he where he influences people to war against God. God's purposes for their lives and for this world. And so there's this battle that's going on that that we see the consequences of, but we don't necessarily always see it physically. But Paul also says it's the most important battle, that it's actually the greatest battle that we face every day as Christians isn't flesh and blood. He says it's things we can't even see. Mm, that's good. That's so I, I feel like that set it up perfectly because I Uh, that's just something that I've always wondered about. I'm like, what is happening behind the scenes? Like, because it's so hard for us to comprehend um, what is going on, the things, literally the things that we can't see, which I think the title is is so great, The Seen, The Unseen. Um, 
why does this matter to us as Christians? Like, why is this important to us to know who our enemy is and to be able to defend ourselves in this? And I know that we'll get into that in further episodes, yeah. but why is it important? Well, it's important because the Bible says it should be important. You know, I, I told you Paul said there in Ephesians 6 that our greatest enemy isn't flesh and blood. Peter tells us uh, to be sober-minded, to be watchful, because he says the devil is prowling around you like a roaring lion. And he tells us it's in 1 Peter 5, 9, to resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood all throughout the world. Um, so to put that into application, what that means is Peter's saying that there is an enemy that's coming after us, and it's not just for one of us, it's something that we all have to deal with. So sometimes you talk about Christian topics, different issues within Christian living. Sometimes some people might say, well, they, you know, that didn't really pertain to me. That's not an area of my struggle or it doesn't apply to me in my life or demographics. Spiritual warfare applies to everybody. That's what Peter just said. And, uh, and Jesus talks about the same thing, that he says there's uh, this issue in John 10.10. 10, he says that there's a thief that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going after his sheep, his people. And then Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life to the full. Um, so you have opposition that's happening every day in your life. I believe both directly it comes to you as a believer, but also indirectly through the works of other people and circumstances around you. Um, so I think it's important. Like Peter said, we have to be sober mind fit, mindful and be watchful. Um, so I think, it'll, I think that's why the series matters. It's, it's not a niche series, in other words. It's mm -hmm. something that, that does apply to anybody that's a Christian. Yeah, yeah. And so like, what do we, I guess, what is the evidence in scripture? What do we know about the spiritual realm and what's happening? Because it's, I feel like it's, it's discussed and, and God gives us insight into it, but obviously it's just way, it's, it's so much more than we can comprehend. And so what is he, what are the glimpses and the little pieces that he gives us into what is happening but, you know, in that realm, I guess I would ask you. Sure. Uh, you know, some of the stuff and some things we'll cover more in future episodes. Like I know in our next episode, we're going to talk about really the enemy and we'll talk a lot about Satan and how did, how did Satan become Satan essentially? And, you know, how did all this stuff go down biblically? And we'll talk more about that in the next episode. So I won't, I won't necessarily go there right now. I'll just tease that and say, you can wait and come back. But there's these glimpses that talk about the aftermath of Satan's fall and really some of the things that are going on. Uh, you know, there's pictures of scripture, just to name a few of them. Second uh, Kings chapter six, Elisha is is preparing for this battle. The Syrians are about to attack God's people. And there's a servant that's just terrified of the opposition, the army that's forming. And Elisha has that prayer that's real famous. He says, Lord, help him see what I see. And then the servant's able to see, and he sees that there's just a mountain that's full of all these horses and chariots of fire. It's these this spiritual army that's at war, that's standing there, that's about to go to battle for God's people, that's going to help them come through and find their victory. Uh, so there's all these forces around that they actually can't see. Um, same thing in Isaiah 6, in a different side, uh, the prophet gets a vision of spiritual things that people can't see, and he has this encounter with the Lord on his throne, and he starts to see in the spiritual realm uh, really the glory of the throne of God and all that's happening in this sphere that we're not around, that we don't see, but it's happening right now. And uh, Revelation 7 talks about that too. John gets an image of that where he sees a multitude of the nations that are all before, and they sound like just this roaring ocean that's worshiping the Lord, and there's angels. There's all kinds of just majesty in this picture where it is a present place. It's a place of heaven uh, that is real, that we cannot see. Uh, and I think even just in, in the practical side, just give a couple examples where you see it in Jesus's life. Jesus, when he had his baptism in Matthew 3, I think there's two episodes there in Matthew. Matthew 3, he has his baptism, 
And you think about his baptism moment, it's one of the rare moments where you see the triune God coming together in one visible account, because you see God the Son getting in the water, but then you hear God the Father speak in a supernatural way, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then you see God the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove. So you're seeing really spiritual realities that they are physically normally not there in our realm, but suddenly God the Father's making himself known, God the Spirit's making himself known, and God the Son's literally right there incarnate in front of in front of the people. And uh, and then I think to the transfiguration, just as another example, Matthew 17, if y'all want to go read it later, but Jesus reveals his glory uh, here on this earth, and spiritual crazy things start happening that formerly his disciples had never seen, Peter, James, and John. And Jesus is transformed into a glorified uh, state, the, the state that he was in really right now, where we're told he's just shining with this brightness. And then all of a sudden, I think it's kind of hilarious almost, that, but Moses and Elijah just show up and they're having a conversation and Peter, James, and John know who they are. And there's just this wild scene, but it's it's spiritual things that are happening that are documented that that make no sense, but but they do at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, all those, I hope some of those are just helpful examples. Honestly, the Bible's you know it's filled with all these kind of stories. Those are just a few to give examples that that there is the spiritual realm. There's these things that that we don't always see, but they're true realities. And the truth is, one day we will see them as well. I think that's also just an important point to drive home. Yeah, I, honestly, like it's so mind blowing to think about it and to read about it. Like it's it's to be honest, like for me, it's it's sometimes hard to believe, but it's God's word. And so yeah. it, you know, everything it has a purpose and it is all breathed out by God, but it is so hard for me to be like, wow, this actually like really happened. Well, and that's the critical part. That's what makes Christianity unique because we're told that it's impossible in Hebrews 11. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. Mm-hmm. And then Hebrews 11, one says that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Mm-hmm. So at the core of our, our, our religion, our faith, is this idea that, yeah, we're trusting in the things we can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is a reality. Uh, so, of course, with that, naturally, doubts will come in all of our lives uh, where it does sound outlandish at a surface <laughs> level, some of the things we're saying. But as you said, when you've experienced God and the Word has come alive the way it can, there is an act of faith there, and there's good reason behind the faith, and we can talk about some of that in later episodes. But, but there is faith that, that, yes, this stuff's real. Even if I can't see it, I believe in God's word, and I know these things are happening. And truthfully, if we look more critically, we can see some of the impact of these things that are happening. Yeah, and what are some of those impacts that, impacts that we see in the world um, that we, that we current, presently live in? Well, I just think we sometimes just forget that if there is an enemy that, that is set to steal, kill, and destroy, and his mission is ultimately to divide people from God, which really is his purpose. It's to bring destruction. Then you think about all the things that happen in our world. So often I think we we forget how much of it is re- really demonically inspired and led. Mm. That, that you think about all the ideologies, the religions that point people towards saviors and gods other than the one triune God, the God of salvation. I would argue those are demonically inspired ideas, and they're being led oftentimes by people that, yes, I, I will just say that, that that are being led through demonic and dark forces. Um, there's things that sometimes we're like, well, they're just misled. Or actually, I would argue that, that a lot of those ideas and actions, they are being inspired and led through dark forces that we cannot see. Um, I know we'll talk more about this in future weeks of just kind of how Satan works and his schemes and his methods, but I think sometimes even 
truth and the idea of truth and how it's been reduced and minimized through culture. Sometimes we give culture too much credit Mm -hmm. and it's really, it's Satan. It's demonic ideas where there's truth that is absolute, that's been twisted and contorted. And then it's being misused to divide people from God and lead them towards destructive patterns in their life. And and we could go down the list, and we will more in the future. I don't want to steal too much for, for some of the things we'll talk about in this series. But I think as we see just to the evil and the wickedness and the false ideologies and religions and just all the destruction that goes on all around the world, so much of it, yes, I believe there's direct impact by spiritual things that we cannot see. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I would ask you, um, what, I mean, you said you alluded to it at the very beginning, unseen things will be seen. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's camp there for a second. Yeah. Well, I mean, eventually this stuff we will see. So that's that's the story of the Bible too, that right now we do walk by faith, not by sight, but we're also told in Revelation 21, when all things are made new and the heavens and the new heavens and the new earth come down, that God will be with his people. We're told he'll wipe away the tears in their eyes and there'll be no more pain, no more suffering. So so sometimes I think we forget that, that yes, we're walking in faith right now, but one day we're going to walk by sight. And I think towards even just in times, I mean, the whole realm of eschatology, when you talk about the study of the last things according to God's word, it is a massive spiritual battle and undertaking of wild stuff that that right now you would call just crazy spiritual concepts that are going to come to real life in flesh and blood. I mean, if you think about some of the things, and I, we won't necessarily derail this whole podcast getting in the weeds of it, but an antichrist figure rising up, that is a, a spiritual idea that there will be some figure there that essentially is in hiding that then will come up to fulfill this purpose, and there'll be this seven-year tribulation and a three-and-a-half-year great tribulation where we're told in the book of Revelation, a lot of just nutty, demonic, uh, spiritually wicked things will begin happening that people would call supernatural, but it will be real life. It's going to start to happen there. And then you think about even in Revelation 19, you know, how it ends, Jesus comes on the clouds with a trumpet, with an army from heaven that's coming with them. And these are wild spiritual concepts that people are going to see right there. And we're told the nations will wail, it says in Revelation 1, when he comes on account of him. Uh, In Revelation 20, we're told that Satan, we will know who he is because he's going to be bound and, and Jesus will bind him and he'll be bound for a thousand years. And the idea of a millennial kingdom being on this earth where there will be a spiritual reality of glorified bodies here on earth living in for this thousand in your kingdom. And then after that, in Revelation 21, he'll make things new, but he's first going to judge Satan, destroy Satan, and uh, and judge all of those on that white throne ju- uh, seat. So I know that's a whole lot of theology in like 30 seconds. So if I lost you on the podcast, it's okay. We'll talk, we'll talk more about this stuff later. But, but it, at the core of it is this, that all things are spiritual. At the end of the day, all things are spiritual. We all have a spirit in us, and our spirits are drawn to these realities, I would argue, because God's put that in us so that we would not, so we would be prepared for these things, that we, that we wouldn't be aloof. We're told uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, that God put eternity into man's heart, yet not so that he could find it. So in other words, we all right now have this spiritual nature. Our spirit is in us. We're inclined to think about these things, search these things, because they are real things. And God wants us to go and find it. In uh, one day, we will one way or another. Hopefully it's by the grace of God on that day. It'll be a day of celebration and we'll be covered by the blood of the lamb because of our faith in him. But for others who don't place their faith in him in this present reality, 
they will come to a place of judgment at that same time because what was spiritual will become physical and they will see it. And and at that moment, all things will be seen. Okay, so speaking of the spirit that we have in us, let's transition to the next thing that we're that we're going to talk about because this will be towards the end of the series, and that's spiritual gifts. Um, what are they, and how do we get them? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> and we'll t- we'll talk more once again on some of the nuts and bolts. I won't go necessarily through the whole list. I will tell you, listener, if you just want to read about it, like the list of them. First of all, the whole what are they? There's lists that are composed really across four different chapters in the New Testament. There's 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4. Uh, Those are kind of the four primary passages in the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts. So you can go through those, and some of those chapters have uh, gifts that cross over. Some of them have other things that aren't listed on others. We'll talk about that later, but at the core of it, it is a gift. It's an ability, but it's a it's a gift, a supernatural ability given to a person, a born-again believer, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And it's a ability that's ultimately being used as a gift because it's a gift to the church. It's a gift to the church to build up the church through God's people that were given these abilities that, that were able to contribute and go on mission and fulfill God's purposes by using those gifts that God has given us with and entrusted us with. Uh, and when we use them properly, we build up the church. It's for the common good, 1 Peter 4.10. And then it glorifies God because the church begins to shine brighter and become what God called it to be. Uh, so you know that, that topic of spiritual gifts, we'll get into some more, I guess, the nuts and bolts of what they are. But the answer to answer your first question, who has them? Anybody that's a born-again believer. Everybody's got at least one. That's what we'll see in Ephesians 4 is that God has given those gifts to each of us according to his varied grace. Mm. And what if you don't use them for good? <laughs> that's a great question. If you're not using them for good, I think I think a couple things to consider. One, uh, you're not honoring the Lord in the stewardship of your gifts. So, And that goes for everything, physical and spiritual. If you're not using the things God's entrusted you with according to his purposes, then, then you're not walking in his plans for your life. So if you have gifts and they're just being dormant and they're just sitting there collecting dust, uh, I would say you're failing to give God honor and glory with what he's given you. Uh, and you're failing to walk in the purposes he has for your life because those gifts were given because he wanted to do something through you with it. Uh, but you're also missing out on really the growth that you would have. Um, Paul tells Timothy to fan into flame the gift that he had given him, meaning the more you use your gift, your gift's like a muscle in some ways too, that as you use it, it becomes more effective and it grows. So even to use one example for me, I, I do believe I have a spiritual gift of teaching. God's put that into my heart. I've been using it now regularly for 15 years, and, and, and I would contend that I'm a stronger teacher right now than I was 15 years ago. And it's not just because I worked harder at it over those 15 years, even though I did work hard. I think some of it's just because I've been faithful with it and using it and exercising. It's like you go to the gym for 15 years straight. Eventually, your muscles, hopefully, will get a little bit bigger. Uh, And it's the same thing with your spiritual gifts. If you don't use it, they're going to collect dust. They're going to get weaker. But if you do use it, I do believe that that it grows um, in its impact over time. That's good. That's good. Uh, Jonathan, I think we, we set it up well for this um, this episode, this intro, and we have a bunch of different things to talk about for you guys. So um, is there anything else that you would add on to that? No, not really. I would encourage you, if you're listening to this episode, this is kind of the week one overview, but if you have specific questions, I would say just on these things, on specifically spiritual warfare, spiritual gifts, because we're going to be working on seeing the unseen. But if you have specific questions on those two topics, I'd encourage you to DM us at, at Austin Baptist 
Baptist Church on any of our social media platforms. Uh, we've kind of got an outline for the series, but we would love to tackle any specific questions with that. And uh, hopefully, yeah, for the next few weeks, it'll be very intentional and, uh, and you'll enjoy it as we'll all begin to see a little bit more clearly those things that we cannot see.